Welcome back to the Positivity Podcast with me, your host, Robert Coach Campbell. If this is your first time listening, then I hope you're looking forward to hearing some amazing stories from my guests, people who are taking it to whole new levels of positivity every day. So without further ado, let's get into episode three. My guest on this episode is a member of the Miss World family, the current Miss Scotland. Actually, she's the longest reigning Miss Scotland. She destroys all the false imagery and the historical ideas and negative portrayal of the young ladies who take part in these types of events or competitions. Her drive and mindset is truly amazing. The experienced sales marketing manager holds a degree from Edinburgh University in Ancient History and is a tireless charity ambassador for sufferers of Alzheimer's. This young lady is nothing short of an amazing inspiration to young people, both in Scotland and around the world. I give to you the current Miss Scotland, the amazing Karen Matthew. years old and I am the current Miss Scotland. I won the competition in 2019 and I actually should have crowned the next girl last year (laughs) but since Covid happened, we've had socially distanced events and stuff, we've not been able to have the competition and just because the nature of the competition, you're meeting a lot of people, you're hosting fundraisers and so on, it just wasn't possible so I'm now officially the longest reigning Miss Scotland ever which is always fun. (laughs) It's a positive. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So, is that something you wanted to do as a little girl? Did you want to be Miss Scotland or what was it? What yes. Was it? So, I remember, I think I was a little kid when I saw this Miss Scotland um, in, in a newspaper. And back then it was huge. It was um, sponsored by a lot of different things and they got a lot of coverage. And I just saw this girl with a tiara on her head and never had a clue what it was, but I just thought, I want to do that. <laughs> Whatever she's doing, sign me up. So I remember just thinking it was just a great thing. And I wrote in a diary when I was younger that I found maybe about 10 years ago saying I want to be Miss Scotland when I was 21. And for some reason, like 21 to me, I think I thought I was an adult. Now that I'm 25, still a child, definitely at 21. Um, but I thought... Oh, well, what a nice thing to write as a kid, and why not keep that promise to myself? Because I'd followed the competition when I was a bit older. I understood what it was more about. It was so impressive. It was a bunch of young women just really striving to do well for a chosen charity, to be the best version of themselves. Just everything encapsulated. And at that time, I wanted to become more confident and so on. And it just ticked a lot of boxes for helping me progress in a career potentially and just for something fun to do, do you know? Um, So I can remember I was in third year at university and I didn't even tell anyone. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to put my application in and see what happens. And before I knew it, um, they messaged me back saying, why don't you come for an interview? I think I didn't really know what I was getting into though. I turned up at the interview but I was wearing like skinny jeans, flat shoes, I'm quite small, um, I'm 5'4 and I'm sure a lot of people, I was under the impression that you had to be 5'8 like a model or something, yeah, <laughs> so I was quite yeah. a bit shorter than my perceived image of what this competition was about um, and I was a student as well so they, they said just come in your everyday clothes 
for me as a student, I was like, right, skinny jeans, a pair of flats, and there we go. It turned out and all these girls had, like, heels on, they were the <laughs> most amazing clothes, and I was like, oh my goodness, what have I done? I really didn't think this one through. Um, but it turned out all right, they took me through to the finals, and it was fun. Do you think that's because you were, you were just being you? That was, you know, <laughs> you were genuine, you were I honest. I think so, and I remember, um, so Jan, who's the licence holder, and we're great great friends now obviously we've been through two years of the Miss Scotland programme together she um, was taking me in leading me into the interview process where you have a panel interview and she she just kind of quietly went where's your heels <laughs> and it was that moment I could make a joke about it and I then took that on to my interview I just kind of made fun of myself I was like oh well it is what it is we've just got to <laughs> move on from here but it was it was a fun learning process and I think maybe had I not wore the shoes or the clothes that I was wearing I might not have made a joke and then made myself feel more comfortable I think you've just got to roll with it you know definitely yeah it sounds like your personality came through and that was yeah that was the bigger bit I think there's a lot I see around the sort of Miss World and those sort of pageants as they call them you know when they're referred to in a negative way as it's all about you know degrading the women and, and the way you look and things like that and you know the story you've just told there just disproves that because the, yeah. the girl with the skinny jeans and the flat shoes was the one who ended up being Miss Scotland. Yeah so funnily enough I actually entered the competition two years. Um, the first time was when I was 21 and that was the whim that I was just talking about. It was a great experience. I remember at the same time I was trying to do an internship in London and flying back every weekend to do stuff for the Miss Scotland competition and I I just enjoyed the ride but I don't think then I was necessarily ready to undertake what responsibility the title holds. I ended up coming third which was great um, but I'm the type of person that I'm like I really wanted to come first like all my friends and family were like one we didn't even know you entered and two you came third that was insane and I'm like uh -huh, but I really wanted to win and uh, I've, I had in my head, you know what, maybe I'll give it a go again and it was two or three years down the line, I was 24 with the second time I entered and I didn't really tell much to my family and friends, I floated the idea and they're all so, so protective, you know, like yeah. my partner, my mum and dad, my best friend, they were like, are you sure you want to do it again? Because after the Miss Scotland competition, there was just such a buzz. <laughs> You're just on 24-7, doing all these events, all this fundraising. You don't really get time to have a moment, really. And there's a lull after, no matter what. Yeah. So I had a bit of a lull because I was just going into third year at uni. Um, actually, I think it was fourth year uni, and I had the dissertation hanging over my head. I was like, oh my goodness, I've just had the best summer ever, and now I've got to go and do this. And I think they thought... Look, you know, what if you're not even placed this time? Will you be too harsh on yourself? Yeah. How how will yeah. you feel? And, and don't get me wrong, I really I understood what they were saying. And it's not because I didn't think they didn't believe in me. They just wanted to avoid any hurt or me looking negatively upon myself. But I can't explain it. I'm such a people pleaser. And I always go to my mum for advice, friends for advice. Like I run mostly everything past them and what they say are really is so valuable to me and the general consensus was like no leave it on a high kid you did it once you had fun you've got good memories yeah. and I had something in my gut I was like I can't leave this alone like I need to do it and I just knew 
that I was capable and I didn't I didn't just had to give it another go like I can't explain that feeling I don't know if you've ever had it before but yeah yeah, yeah that's definitely what I've, to do I've, it. I've had it so many times and I think it's the failure process. Everybody wants to avoid failure or what they yeah. perceive as a failure. You know, finishing third or second, great. But like like my last guest, Cyril Lindley, you know, she won the world championship. Mm-hmm. And then she went again the next year because it was all about she didn't want it to be perceived as just a flash in the pan. She had to go and yeah. do it again just to confirm it to herself. And I think, I think that's the hardest thing is... Like you say, when you've got friends and family who have got that caring voice, uh-huh. it's, it's still a negative voice because it's it, it is holding you back from yeah. from that internal voice going, "This is what I need. This is what I need." And we we all do it. We all shut it out. So yeah, to to kind of go against the grain is I do yeah. a lot of teaching um, within my courses where it's it's kind of shutting that voice out sometimes because sometimes uh-huh. it is a negative. Sometimes people are you know just being horrible or trying to hold you back through their own fears or it comes from a good place where it's family just wanting to protect you but yeah it's it's a big shout yeah you definitely definitely take that leap when you kind of go okay I'm going for it and you and it obviously felt do. like there was more riding on the second time because my family and friends had all gave me that warning if you want to call it that yeah and um, so I was like it's never never really I've got to prove this and you're you were being your own champion at that point like I was my own cheerleader <laughs> because I just I felt like I'm the one that believes this instinct so I'm gonna go for it and thank goodness I won <laughs> or I don't know how, how disappointing I would have been but the one thing that I took from that was just I have to always trust my gut like going forward everything that has given me that feeling I've just went for and I think it's proved to be so it's one of those things we all do we all kind of shut out that gut instinct and it's it's you know yourself better than anyone and Uh I I kind of teach it you're the only person that takes yourself forward but you're also the only person who holds yourself back because you can filter in and out what advice you take you know I I still do it now you know I'm 43 years old and I I phone my dad and run things past him on what I'm doing you know do you think I should do this charity event what do you think Mm -hmm. of the context of this course I'm about to run you know, it doesn't go away, and you know, sometimes it's good advice, and sometimes you ignore it. It's yes, I totally agree, and I'm terrible for asking my mum and boyfriend particularly for advice, and they'll tell me what I don't want to hear, and that sometimes makes me want to do it more <laughs> because I'm like, oh no, that was the wrong answer, and they were like, why were you asking then if you already knew the answer to yeah. your own question, and it, yeah. it almost validates your thought process in a way just to say out loud and. Sometimes they're there to give advice. Sometimes they're just a soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. So you you went to Edinburgh University. I did, yeah. yeah, I went to. I started my course in 2013, graduated in 2017, and I actually studied ancient history, which is such a random degree. I wanted my career path to go in the marketing direction. Like I have done like marketing and PR work since I've left. But it was, I don't know if I have a problem with commitment or whatever. I was just so stressed out that the schools were harping on to say, here's your subject, you've got to commit to this for four years. And in my head, I'm like, well, if I want to do something in the business world, I better study business. But upon looking into it further, I was like, this is so dry. (laughs) And so many people get by learning on the job. And 
for me, I just felt like there were so much transferable skills that you can get from a lot of other degrees. And I thought, you know what, I may as well study something I enjoy. History was always my best subject just because I love everything history. I just thought it was like almost listening to a new story every time that you go in a class. And I just, I just loved it. Um, and it was my dad who said, why don't you give ancient history a go? Because he he didn't go to uni at all. I was the first one in my family. Um, so I did that LEAPS process. I'm not sure if you're familiar with yeah, it. It's yeah, basically yeah. a government scheme that helps um, kids who are from a family that don't have any background at uni um, go to uni, which was great. It was such a, it was such a good step because I didn't really have any context for how difficult uni would be and yeah. different style of learning. Yeah, I was good in class at school, but at uni you're just left to your own devices and that was a shock to the system so with the LEAPS um, program I got to go to summer school and basically you give up six seven weeks of your summer which as an 18 year old can I just say is horrific (laughs) all my friends were going out clubbing they were working part time jobs saving for our leavers holiday and I was like oh my goodness why am I doing this but honestly it was one of the best decisions I ever made because I turned up at uni and I could keep up with other people that knew what was going on and I'm not quite sure if I would have had I not done that I did choose ancient history my dad really was interested in the subject he used to read classical Rome classical Greek books all the time and he was like I think you'll love this so give it a go and I was like okay I'm sick of World War II so why not <laughs> and I did I really liked it so that was my degree yeah it kind of dispels the beauty queen image when you when you're there with a degree as well doesn't it it's this is this is the thing I always kind of think about when I see that negative imagery being portrayed about people who do miss world and things like that it's kind of like oh, it's a kind of bimbo and it's just degrading she's degrading herself just walking up and down and it's like you you don't understand it and it's normally yeah. women it's normally women as well that are saying these of things of course yeah and I, I find that don't get me wrong crazy. putting yourself out there you do find you open open the floor up to trolls if they want to yeah. like, come and have a go so uh, what I would say about um, the Miss Wild and Miss Scotland experience like I am 100% a feminist right feminism is the equality between men and women I think most people are feminists until they're not you know it's, yeah. it's more the norm to want equality and for me the women, a woman having a choice to do whatever she wants in life that is like that's yeah. the greatest thing so if I want to do this then yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it entails if, if that's my choice to do it then yeah I think so there's I think there's so many people out there focus on other people rather than themselves uh-huh. and it's kind of like I don't agree with what you're doing so I'm, I'm going to have a, an opinion on it and it's yeah. like why? Yeah. Is it affecting you? Funnily enough the main opinion is well how can you say you're a feminist or how can you you should spend your time standing up for girls and I'm like well if you just took a moment to understand everything we stand for you would completely be on the same page but it's almost like sometimes people don't really want to know they've already made their judgment and they're happy in that which is disappointing from the side when you want to change an opinion but sometimes that's just life it is it is and it's it's one of the things i find in my coaching is that positive and negative you know i'm all about finding the positive and the positive is miss scotland 
you have that public persona, you do that charity work, you know, you've got a degree. It's kind of like you're such a positive role model for young Scottish women. How can that ever be taken as a negative? Because it's, yeah. and it's choice. It's, you know, it's like we were talking before about some of the stuff I do for the Afghan um, council and things. And it's like, you, you're not forced to be there. You know, in, in this part of the world, we have choice, you know, so it's not like, you're all corralled together and made to do it. It's it's exactly. it's a positive choice. You're trying to do something positive, and like you say, for yourself, you're giving yourself that positivity as well. Because, like you said, you wanted to be more confident. You wanted to develop your skill sets, and yeah, like media and marketing and things. The experience you'll get from working with organisations that size is, you know, I, I can't of course. And um, I, I can forgive some mindsets because I think in the past. Miss, maybe not Miss World per se, but the pageant lifestyle was based on a beauty queen, someone that was judged for the way she looked. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. There's modelling competitions all over the world. Yeah. Are we, we going to shoot someone down because they want to enter a competition? Um, like bad. Like modelling's a career. I'm sure if these girls or men want to do this competition, it's going to boost them in their industry. But Miss World in particular, that's when I can speak for because that's the organisation I'm part of. For about 20 years now, they have completely shifted from the old style to we are charitable ambassadors for our country. Yeah, yeah. And not one moment was I judged on the way I look. Yeah, we put on makeup, we did our hair, but that so does everybody. makes me yeah. feel more confident yeah. and yeah. I enjoy it. So why not? Can I not be girly and uh, still have a voice and be intelligent well, it. it's i suppose for you you know if you're going to go and talk about charitable acts and charitable deeds and charities for people to be involved in you're going to put on a nice dress bit of makeup there's no difference in that from when i go to speak to people about the charitable things i do putting on uh -huh. a shirt and a tie and a nice suit it's it's kind of it's like you say i suppose there is that historical sort of perceivement of what it is but then is it is it you know things change things move yeah. on totally. things change things progress and i think certainly the miss world organization has moved in the right direction what the amount of children they have helped over the world is yeah. unreal and julia morley who runs a competition she was awarded one of the most prestigious volunteering awards ever for the work she's done it's just and so inspiring to even be associated yes. with herself and, and the Miss World organisation. But one thing from being at Miss World, I was there with about 120 other girls from all these different countries. And they all were just so amazing in their own right. There was surgeons there. There was yeah. engineers. Yeah. There, Every single woman championed a different industry and they all had their own purpose which is to say they had like a charitable program and don't get me wrong there are amazing benefits that come with this role like I've had great PR jobs I've been able to launch my own podcast and with that I've met some amazing people it's a great platform but at the heart of what we do there's amazing young women just there to be role models for other people and just do a bit of positive work you know it's I, I can't say anything bad about it i know i'm biased but <laughs> I no, it's, it. it's it's one of those things i look at from the outside because i you know you can we're obviously talking on camera at the moment <laughs> but you know you can tell i'm not miss world material 
I'm the wrong gender for one. But um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think I'm past those days. Maybe when I was younger. But um, yeah, I kind of look at it from the outside. Obviously, as a, a dad of two daughters, and I, I don't see any negative in a group of successful, positive women getting together yeah. and competing over who is the most intelligent, who does the most charitable work, who has the biggest vision of how they can assist in world politics and pits. To me, that's that's a plus. That should be encouraged, you know, uh-huh. massively. And the great thing about going to Miss World is you feel such a good camaraderie with the Miss Scotland girls, and we all supported one another. We still do, and they all have their own projects and so on and so forth. But with the Miss World girls as well, like I know, I almost had to remind myself we are in a competitive organisation but it, it never felt like that, it genuinely felt and w- which we were encouraged to feel like we are representing our own country yeah. we're so proud of the work we've done we're, we're bringing this forward and we just I, honestly, I sound so cheesy but I was so inspired by a lot of those girls and it's pushed, certainly pushed me to go on and do other things, work a little bit harder because I've other girls can hold me to that standard and show me what they're doing. I think it's such a positive experience. And the thing with Miss World is I would say so many of the girls that were there were qualified to become Miss World. At the end of the day, it's the nature of the game. You need to choose one. Yes. And I do believe that with Miss Scotland as well. There's so many girls that are capable of having this role and doing it well. But yeah, unfortunately, you, you pick one and you wish them all the best and support them like we all rally around the current Miss World and we're here to help if she ever needs anything yeah I suppose the thing people don't see is like you say that camaraderie it's kind of like you know even if you it wasn't your thing you hated it you were so negative about it the one positive you can take from that is like you say there's a hundred odd women have got together who feel that love and support for each other and accountability for each other and will encourage each other to go on and achieve great things that to me is brilliant. Yeah, you know? it doesn't get better than that. No, I don't think you know, so. You know, I've got best friends for life. We were together for a month. I had a roomie that I'd never met. She was from Singapore. And I know I can go over to Singapore and stay there anytime I want. We're such good friends. And it's like that. Every country I go in now, I have a friend there. I yeah. think that's so special. And not a lot of people can say that. I think it develops you as well as a character and as a person because I found. One of the things I took from my time in the military wasn't I've been different countries. It was I met people in different countries and I've kept in contact with them. And yeah. and it's like if they need help, they can reach out and, and vice versa. Um, one of one of my close friends, he had an immigration issue. He was an interpreter, and the government sorted it out now. But you know, he phoned me up and we went to court and things like that. But it's 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 just being there to do that human thing that you know it's it's the world's getting smaller and i think people kind of forget that the more we can expand and like you say have a friend in every country the better things have to be you know it can't be can't be a bad thing definitely can't be a bad thing yeah i think it's so special just it just shows you when we all come together we have so much in common we can get along and i just think things like that should be encouraged the world's you honestly can't be small enough in terms of people connecting it just there's so many benefits I can't see any negatives to be honest with yeah. that even though you're biased <laughs> even though I'm biased <laughs> yeah. 
So you've done quite a lot of work then for Alzheimer's Scotland as, as your sort of charitable focus. Tell me what, what you've been doing and, and yeah, future plans yeah. if you've got some. So it all started, um, well my inspiration for this was my granddad. Yeah. Um, he unfortunately had a stroke which brought on vascular dementia and it was very quick from him well I remember anyway I was pretty young at the time um, just being the granddad I knew Yeah. Um, to just being a man that couldn't really communicate with his family being really forgetful it was really really difficult it was much more difficult for my parents but as kids we were really quite confused and we we it's just so difficult to be honest like I don't think anyone everyone has a different experience with the disease it's so cruel and it can happen so quickly and I wanted to obviously help a charity out of super close to home and it really didn't get any more closer to home than yeah. Alzheimer's so this was my chosen charity for Miss Scotland and has always been when I first started I held little dance classes I was a dance teacher when I was in high school well senior year of high school um and throughout uni just for extra pocket money I ran little dance classes that were donation only and I told the kids a little bit of the basics about the charity and so on um, because I think there is a little distance between kids and the disease they kids are aware of other illnesses but yeah. I think because Alzheimer's is in the older generations unless they have a grandparent it's not really something that they quite understand uh, so that was a good opportunity to kind of spread the word a little bit to those who yeah. could and were interested and we also had a lot of fun at the dance classes and I also for the second time I I did a fundraiser I held a beauty brunch and I just always tried to do fundraisers that interested me and I enjoyed that way I found that it was something that was easier more authentic and more enjoyable because uh, a lot of my friends and girls my age came along to the beauty brunch and we had girls doing master classes so I was tapping into younger girls who were breaking into the hair industry and the makeup industry and they were a bit of showcase what they could do it was just such a positive environment and I've done things like a 24 hour cyclothon that was really really fun I actually got the YouTube YouTube video up Um, yeah I watched that I watched that it It, it brought back memories I've done um, done one for the Rangers Charity Foundation when I was in Afghanistan and I've done the 24 hours and I've done 350 kilometres in 24 hours I had like a a 6 hour sleep window in the middle It it was horrific Oh, I love it. 
I think sometimes you find it surprising when you do something for charity, how many people, like you say, come out the woodwork and it's kind of, yeah, you forget that that support is there. I suppose we do that in every aspect of life, really. Um, but yeah, no, Alzheimer's was one I had the personal experience with my uncle and it's, yeah, his was his was the, the sort of vascular dementia as well. And he went from being, as I, I was quite young when I remember him, as a full-blown character he was yeah that was like my granddad yeah he was basically um bill ballantyne and he um he's basically a scottish war hero he met presidents he was there at the landing after the nuclear attacks you know he was there on a mission when they invented radar which you know i don't know where we'd be without radar now and i remember all this and i remember this larger than life character you know growing up and then yeah he was gone it was it was that quick it was just kind of yeah. like he was gone and yeah it, it like you say it's a bigger effect on the adults definitely because they obviously have more memories but yeah definitely one that's that's close to my heart so yeah hats off to you for everything you're doing for dementia scotland and outside of scotland it's it's just amazing they're a great charity and i just feel like I, personally i can't help them enough they just do such great work and anything that they want me to do in return like i'm more than happy to get involved yeah, and you know that's it's it's like that thing again. You're such a good role model to younger girls and, and guys in Scotland, you know, to get out there and, and do those positive things. Because yeah. I don't know what Scotland was like when you were growing up, but there wasn't much positivity when I was growing up. It was it was quite a grim place, you know. I, t I tell I tell my English friends, you know, Train Spotting was actually a documentary. It's 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 not a film, you know. It was. <laughs> I, wa I watched yeah. Train Spotting. That was my my sort of teenage years. Yeah, and I think you're so right. I think we've got such a dark sense of humour and a sarcastic sense of humour that yes. everything tends to be a little bit more. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. I don't want to say like give us a bad rep, but by our nature, I think everything's a bit on the dark side. If that makes sense. Totally. I I find being Scottish is. It is that dark sense of humour. I think that's why I fitted so well into the military because the military's got that dark sense of humour. But I think we're so divisive as well. You know, we like to we like to put each other into groups and, and the groups can't meet, you know, especially Scottish football, religion. And now over the last sort of decade, politics has, has been the big one, you know. People people who are in power in Scotland talk about, you know, better in Scotland and making it a better place, but they're doing it through a divisive method and it's 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 obviously harder for my parents who live up there but you know i i live, I live in england now so i kind of i kind of watch distant press and think there's so many beautiful wonderful things about being scottish and, and scotland as a country and what we could achieve but i just don't think we've got the right people driving it so when i when i see somebody like yourself who's so upbeat and positive and, and positive in a role model sense i kind of think well, maybe there is a bit of hope for the next generation. And I, I really do think there's a lot to be said in the young people right now. I've got so many friends and people that I've connected with throughout, like, uni and, like, Miss Scotland, different jobs, and they are so positive. There's just, like, a real sense that they just want to do as well as they can for themselves, and there's such a pride as well and certainly like a lot of my friends are from Edinburgh and a few of my friends have moved away for a year done jobs here and there and they are just so proud of their city 
And yeah. I felt that as well. Like, I, I come back and whenever I see, like, a picture of Edinburgh, for example, on <laughs> social media, I share it. I'm like, oh, my God, look how amazing <laughs> we are. And I, don't, I think there's a real change in mood and there's a shift especially with people in their 20s and younger yeah it's it's so so positive and I do think that we will be the generation this is maybe too positive no (laughs) you can you can never be you can never be too positive together to be honest I think we're having a healthier conversation and debate I mean I debate with my friends a lot and we never fall out we I'm happy for them to express their opinions and I'm more than happy to share mine you know I just think that we need to understand that everyone has opinions and everyone has a right to say what you feel and think yeah. but at the same time we can still come together <laughs> so I do see change yeah I definitely I, I definitely think sort of my generation and the, the sort of little bit older is is where it's kind of gone wrong because it's become so divisive and like you say it's like you want to share pictures of Edinburgh and you know you can have that open conversation and people don't fall out I remember the independence referendum and I still don't talk to friends now and I'm like the most positive person in the world yeah. but it, it just got to a level where it was it was so toxic and so horrible and it was kind of like it it, it kind of upset me in a way because I kind of thought we all should want what's best for Scotland in whatever way that is. You know, if it's if it's an independence thing, then if Scotland's in a place to be a better country independently, then people would back it. If it's not, then people aren't going to back it. You know, I, I'm, I try and sit on the fence as much as I can. I consider myself British, Scottish, Scottish-British, however way you go, because... I can see the benefit, you know, I've got so many friends from different parts of the UK, you know, it's, it's, it's part of my heritage, it's part of who I am, and Scotland fits within that, and it's, it's so refreshing to hear that you can have those sort of open conversations, because I think the current generation is missing that massively, you know, when, we're, when we've got people on the border with banners saying go home, that is such a bad message to be sending out to Scotland, because it's like, we should be welcoming everybody in, you know. Of course. In, because of course. We, we're well known for our hospitality, you know. Sitting by an open fire in a bar somewhere in Glasgow or Edinburgh, drinking a single malt and, and putting the world to rights. You know, I had so many friends who'd love to come up to Edinburgh for the rugby or, you know, the Six Nations. And, and I think we run a risk if we carry on the way we are. We're going to offend so many people and, and make Scotland a kind of place where people kind of go, oh they don't even get on with each other why would we want to go you know they don't want us there and that's we're kind of missing that so were you kind of saying that the the 20s sort of generation is is actually having a grown-up conversation you're putting what i would class as us grown-ups to shame by being able to do that but it's refreshing so refreshing it's the only way you can really have positive change you need to some might might say something that i don't necessarily agree with but it doesn't mean it's any less valid yeah, of you course, know, you're never going to have a full rounded picture unless you hear all the viewpoints, and everyone has a different view some in some capacity because we all lead different lives. So yeah, it's important. It. That's it, and it's it's that kind of I suppose it's to go back to the Miss World. It's that kind of mix of different cultures, different religions, mm-hmm. different nationalities coming together that makes that sort of so special, that positive. Yeah. How do we move forward? And I think you know, kind of going back to Scotland, where we've been at fault is we've kind of stopped that we've kind of gone well that's your opinion so it doesn't count 
and then the, the other group go, well, I don't like your opinion, so your opinion doesn't count, and you're never going to exactly. go anywhere. And I think, especially, obviously, Miss World is a very dramatised version because we're literally from every single yeah. part of the world. We have all got different cultures. Um, but I think you, in some way, you learn to sympathise with other people and empathise, sorry, with their situations, their different views on life. And rather than just being having tunnel vision and saying, well, this suits me and this is why this is right, it's important to listen to other people's stories. So I get to I get to have a podcast with the next first minister of Scotland as well as as Miss Scotland by the sound of it. I don't know if I could do Nicola Sturgeon's job. I don't think she slept in a year. <laughs> so I think I'll sit that one out. Yeah, I think she's um, I think, I think she's, she's struggling to do it as well at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that sort of young people sort of thing, um, COVID nineteen. How is that affecting sort of like the the twenty year olds? Because obviously it's a generation I'm I'm not part of anymore by a couple of years. Um, but obviously my time in the military, I spent a lot of time in isolation, in, in sort of harsh conditions where you are locked away from people, you don't see a lot of people. So it's I'd love to get the perspective of how you feel it kind of impacts on the, the younger generation. Well, this has been, for me personally, it's been really, really weird. I obviously came back from this world at the end of December when I was with like 100 ladies every single day for a month to then being by myself it was such a surreal extreme transition um i think the young people do struggle and i know a lot of people are having a bit of issue with their mental health and so on i think we're just so used to being surrounded by people and having human interactions one of the most natural things it's what makes us human yeah and for to have that taken away yeah the zoom calls and the pub quizzes they kept us going for a while but i feel like you just run out of steam it comes back to like basic instincts as being a person you need to feed off of other people and i i think it's been we've there's some pros and cons so we're a tech generation we're very comfortable yeah. using social media to stay in touch with one another. A lot of us are able, myself included, to work from home, um, just go on a laptop, and the the transition hasn't been tough in that regard. I mean, a, a lot of us went to uni where you are, have kind of, I suppose, individual working as a lifestyle, but it just feels like it's gone on for so, so long. I think a lot of us are missing the life we used to have. I know that sounds really dramatic, but it's the <laughs> case. And we, especially 25, I feel like I'm on the cusp of, I'm no longer a really young, silly 20-something, and I'm not yet at the stage where I'm like ready to settle down or have a family. I feel like I'm at this like last-minute squeeze all your life into now and party hard type of situation and we can't do it um so I, I don't know what it's, it's a mixture of emotions I think every day is different some days I'm like really positive and I think you know we're on the home straight now the vaccine's coming out I think other days you just crash you're just like oh I, I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel right now I know that sounds completely against what what I've been telling but it is difficult and I know I'm in good company with my friends and stuff we're all just trying to take it day by day and we're fighting to stay positive yeah um i think the key thing is when i'm feeling quite down 
I'll FaceTime my mum or I'll message my friend and they'll give me a pickup and vice versa when they're having those days they can come to me and it's teamwork. Do you think that's do you think that's one of the big positives that's kind of come from the sort of COVID period is rediscovering that sort of family and friend interaction mm-hmm. to to a bigger level we kind of because I think we were kind of you've seen a lot of stuff in the media about two years ago about you know people sitting on iPads and phones and that interaction kind of stopping we've kind of I take the positive that we've kind of turned it back to <laughs> something good yeah, where we are interacting. That's so true and I just moved out of my mum and dad's house in January moved in with my boyfriend and I was like a family five like what was just crazy constantly something happening and my boyfriend does shift work so I went from that environment to sometimes being completely alone for yeah. maybe four nights in a row and I, I did struggle with that and I, I've ended up I've FaceTime my mum every single day even when my boyfriend is here <laughs> like when you're on the FaceTime you're away I'm like I just love talking to my mum I love talking yeah. to my dad I love seeing what's going on and just appreciating each other's company I think yeah. as well I feel almost closer to some friends and my family because we're going through such raw unpredictable emotions just because we've never experienced anything like this before and we can all relate to one another which has never really happened before in life we're all going through different life changes at different moments and like maybe one friend's having a breakup in this month and the other friend won't have the breakup till like six months down so there's never been um, a time in our life where we're experiencing the exact same hardship and I think for that reason we're closer and more honest and open with each other as well yeah that's that's such a good point because like you say it is the first time that everybody in the world not just the countries experiencing mm. that that same it's like solidarity level. in that as well like yeah. even on the back of Miss World I remember I FaceTime Miss Uganda oh, maybe this was June and she was like how are you getting on with the COVID situation and I'm like how are you getting on and we even though our countries were handling it in different ways there was a common denominator of we were still under personal stress and so on it's it's weird (laughs) i can't say it's all bad though like you're saying there is positives to come out of it and something that's been good for me to see and what i've been discovering from doing my own podcast is people are just going back to what they're good at and honing in on their talents there's some there's a former in Scotland who is a great piano player and yeah we did know she was good but she's had time to really practice and she's been doing videos and she's sharing them most importantly and now everyone's discovered well more people I suppose have discovered this talent I think it's so cool I think I've seen a lot of that trend going on during this time it's like well what else are you going to do so you may as well put yourself out there that's it, and I think I think you, one of the programs I've got that, that's just started running again at the moment is the the chrysalis program, and because I'm big on the butterfly thing, and it's it's coming through this process like the chrysalis phase and and coming out of it like the butterfly, and I think so many people are doing that at the moment, mm-hmm. and it's it's such a positive thing, and I think like you say with everybody having the common issue, we don't really have a better time to start coming together as as human beings and. And achieving yeah. things it's like the vaccine straight away we achieved that in a very small period of time because the whole world was working yeah. towards a vaccine so why don't we do that when we're looking at cancer which is something i've had recently you know aids any of the other major things 
six months we found a vaccine for COVID. So I know it's, it's totally, possible. yeah, I know the biomedics and stuff is totally different, but it just shows you with everybody in the world working towards the same cause, yeah. what we can achieve. So I, I kind of look at the positives in that. That's yeah. definitely the and thing it's an exciting prospect, isn't it? Everyone's, yeah. everyone saw it with their own eyes that it can happen. So why not? Universities from all over the world start communicating more yeah. rather than it being like, oh, well, Edinburgh University is doing this and will they get there before Oxford type thing? Yeah. Why not just share knowledge and make the world a better place? Yeah, pull the resources and make, make the magic happen. Yeah, yeah definitely. Exactly. Cool. Well, I will finish off as I always finish off. Do you have a favourite quote around positivity or a piece of music that you go to to kind of pep yourself up? I do. And I actually have the same feature on my podcast. I love it. I just <laughs> love quotes. I think there's something to be said for reading the right quote at the right time and it can just like switch your mindset. There's a lot that I love and there's one that I always come back to. And I, I don't know if I necessarily saw it somewhere. It just describes my outlook on life and it's make your own opportunities I think for too long I was sitting back and waiting for the moment or my moment that would come along and I was always interested in other people's stories and they always seemed to have this opportunity that they seized and I just got really fed up and impatient with just waiting and I, I just have this outlook and well not no one's going to do it for me so I may as well create my own opportunities do you know what I mean and that was kind of came from the Miss Scotland thing like I had no experience doing modelling which I thought you had to do which is so incorrect or public <laughs> speaking and I was like well how am I going to get better at that if I don't chuck myself in the deep end and I'll either sink or swim but at least I'll know so make your own opportunities brilliant and do you have anything that you do when you're in a really negative place to bring yourself back into a positive place I would say the one thing that I do, because I think your head is the, the worst place you can be at times, for all that I am positive and I think I'm great as well if my friends or family members are in a bad space, I can really help them and be that positive light, but it's hard to do yourself, right, when you're in your, your yeah. mind. I always put on some tunes and distract myself I find no matter what no matter how dark somewhere can be you can be lifted by music it has to be the right music I completely vary I listen to hip hop one minute and classical music the other it just I don't know you find what mood you're in you, you stick with it and just block the world out and you just realign your emotions yeah. and take a breath and then look at it from a different angle Definitely, I love a bit of music. Definitely, it's it's yeah. it's just a way to zone out. Just, just mm, get the it's just amazing. I don't know what I would do with that music. I feel like you just rely on it so much without realizing. Yeah. It's great. That's been my thing as well. In the in the sort of lockdown, I've kind of thought, has there been a lot of new music? Have I missed it? Is it you know? Mm. I've kind of found myself going back through the, the sort of back catalogue. Yeah, know. I've been revisiting old stuff as well and yeah. discovering really old stuff that I never knew existed and there's just a that's, whole world be, out there that... that'll be the that'll be the really old stuff will be the stuff I'm listening to <laughs> <laughs> no honestly I love everything I have the weirdest music taste ever I think I'm I don't know if you've done that Spotify wrapped do you know yeah, when yeah, you yeah. do yeah. a summary of the music you've listened to I think number one and number two my most listened to songs were Ariana Grande and Selena Gomez which are very current yeah <laughs> 
and I think three, four, and five are music by um, Hans Zimmer and John Williams. Like, it doesn't get any more random than that. That is just honestly, if I could describe my emotions in one line, it would be look at my top five. I can't believe the proclaimers didn't get in there. I know, I know, I do. I'm the proclaimers. <laughs> my friends, they're all Hibs fans, so I don't really get a choice, to be honest. They, at any party, they're like, let's stick the proclaimers on. But I do love them as well. Yeah, you've got a, you've got a, if you come from Edinburgh, it's kind of like... You've, you've yeah, it's part of your bread and butter. Just, it's in your DNA. <laughs> That's it. If Scotland runs out of all natural resources, we'll still be able to sell proclaimers CDs to the rest of the world. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much for taking the time tonight. I really appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. And it's, it's My so refreshing to see somebody who is focused on doing so much good within Scotland. That's just... That I hope so. Re- reaffirmed my faith. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think if we can all do a little something, then why not? And the, the more people that... The ripple effect, I suppose, the better the world's going to be. I'm not saying I'm going to change the world, but I'm certainly going to make the circle I live in a little bit So, there you go. That was the amazing Karen Matthew and episode three of the Positivity Podcast. I hope everyone listening got some amazing lessons. Like, don't judge people on how they dress or what they look like, because you'll miss the real beauty. It's what they have inside. Karen, without doubt, is a beautiful woman, but her real beauty is how inspiring she is to other young women and how she portrays the great attributes of a true role model. And her heart is so given to charity. I have no doubt this is only the start and Karen is gonna go on and achieve amazing things. She may even unite a very divided Scotland, but whatever it is, she is holding herself and others to account and setting an amazing example to everyone. I think we can all agree she's somebody we can learn a lot from. So please, go and give Karen a follow and get involved in her charitable events if you can. And if you want to know more about me or sign up for one of my courses, please search Robert Coach Campbell on all major platforms. And I suppose that leaves me with until the next time, remember, choose positivity.